you're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and this is Local Media This Week, the programme where we have a look at the local print media here in County Clare. We're looking at the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo and we give our thoughts on it and maybe make a few suggestions where you might like to uh, read in your own time. I'm delighted to have our uh, usual panel here. Uh, welcome to John S. Kelly. John. Oh, well, thank you very much. Delighted to be here, Jim. And Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're very welcome. Thanks, Jim. And David Fleming. David, good to see you. Happy St. Bridget's weekend, Jim. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> he was told to say that by his wife coming in. Know that now? Really? Oh, absolutely. I, is it becoming sort of a women's festival, do you think, John? St. Bridget's Day uh, and St. Bridget's. Tell me... I, we had a discussion about this last night, no, and I was on my own against a bunch of females. Do you know, okay? You're uh, you're safe here now, anyway. I'm safe here, and I, I said I'm going to ask David Fleming tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to ask him, where do we first come across a reference to Bridget, either Bridget or Bridget or Brig? Okay, that's historically, good, that's a very good question. I don't know the answer to that. I thought you'd have been ready for us coming in today. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, did you ever... Where would you have... Uh, or personally, or yeah. in the past, historically? The past, historically, yeah. yeah. Where, where, where well, do we come across the this idea that Bridget was a, a goddess? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there was a there was a documentary which I missed on RTE, which would have told us all about that. It didn't, did it not? I, no. I, I thought. Well, I would have heard about Saint Bridget in school. Oh yes, in, in the uh, primary school. Primary school, and yeah. she was a saint, not a goddess. Yeah, she yeah. was a saint. A saint. But yeah. I think it, it is significant why it's on the first of February, the first day of the Celtic spring. Yeah. Just like All Souls Day, first November, there are particular moments, mm. and Christians, those who brought Christianity knew, like the 1st of May, knew their important dates, knew that the dates were important to the people they were trying to convert. And so they put their most important people, Mm. Bridget, Mary, um, All Souls, uh, on those key dates because they knew they were significant. And so it's whoever it was. It mightn't have been called Bridget the goddess, but... Jim, Mm. every year since we've been on radio, okay, we have on the... And on Cade Law de Fiora, all right, we have recited Anton O'Raftri, Anish Chaktanari, Ben Law Dalkan Sheena, is Teresian of Elabrida, or Doi me Mayol. No, where me Macione, and he stopped him a huye, Cashasme Shias, a lark on the way. Hello. And that was Raftery, poor Raftery. And a, a very interesting character, if I might uh, you know, absorb uh, one other minute. Raftery represents a transition in the status life of poets. The, the patrons were all gone. Mm. And who was the poet now going to get his crust from? if not from the peasant. Mm-hmm. And so you find 
you know, lovely poems like uh, the one we had there now, you know, mm. you find that. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't have found that, you see, in the earlier no. uh, centuries at all. So Probably Robert Cohen was a great uh, lover of Leftley. Who? Probably Robert Cohen. He was. Well, ah, yeah. And you start. I mean, I mean, the look last. Look at me now. Look at me now. Fiachanishme, maaig arbala, ekshenem kyol, the folky full of. Yeah. And playing music to empty pockets. Yeah. 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 It's sad. It's a, it's a sad. Yeah. 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 And but anyway, there. The transition. There, that, there was Imbolc. There yeah. was. Uh, mm. There was spring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you started talking about Nave Bridge. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's important that. I mean, it's great that we have one of our national saints, is Saint Breed. I was just thinking, I was talking to someone the other day and mentioned this program, Local Media This yeah. Week. And the person says back to me, Oh, you mean the boys' club? <laughs> Tim, we're really going to have to do something about that. We are. We are. We'll make the commitment. We'll, 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 we'll a, Just like the Minister for Agriculture. Wasn't that a quite... Uh, that's part of the media, so I don't feel I'm going off, too tra- going off track. The Minister for Agriculture this yeah. week announced that he would not make any appointments... Just any male appointments to state boards if women did not amount to at least 40% of the membership of those boards. Now, that was a pretty bold statement for a minister Indeed. to make. Indeed. And I have heard no other minister make it, actually. And did you know that Clare County Council have a higher percentage of higher paid uh, employees yeah. of, or yeah. female? Isn't, yeah. that, isn't yeah. that a mighty... That's good. A mighty That's a good thing to happen, yeah. Okay, the, I suppose the, the front pages today are dominated by the refugee issue uh, on foot, I suppose, of a meeting, a public meeting that took place in Shannon uh, last week in relation to um, in relation to the provision for refugees in Shannon and the whole area of... Uh, were we ready for them? Did you know? Did people get notice? Mm. Were there resources in place? Um, so it, it's very, I suppose, John. It is very much uh, there. It's in the front page of the Clare. Oh, Parik Parik McMahon got a great title. Very racist rhetoric at Clare event. Huh? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. the one you're talking mm. about. It is. We, we we were talking earlier before we went on air that about this tendency. For little groups to, you know, come up now and cause a little bit of trouble, and the <coughs> media, the media takes up a, a line and oh, and oh. it screams across the, uh, the the newspaper. I mean, um, do you think the uh, in this question of refugee opposition to refugees, do you think that it's getting too much oxygen, not reflecting the real mood of the people at all? What do you think? Um, I suppose an art, uh, a headline like that from a newspaper's point of view sells papers, or at least attracts the eye. Of course, the clear record doesn't need to sell any papers. They just need to be picked up and looked at. Um, but yeah. Porrick, would, if he was here, would be saying, well, that's what was reported to me. Mm. And it's a quote. It was very racist. It's like... It, is it getting a lot of oxygen? A lot of the people, I think, have genuine concerns. What are they? David? I think they're concerned 
they've got the genuine concerns. And I put, if you try to put yourself into any person's shoes living in a town or a city where they are expecting refugees, let's say tomorrow we're told that there will be 200 people arriving into Scariff or 200 into Tulla or 50 into Broadford, let's just say, places where there are schools. The first thing, I don't know what is the first thing that might come to your mind, but later on you might think, well, I found it, uh, there was a wait of, t of an hour in the GP's surgery. Will, will the wait be longer? Will we get an extra doctor, an extra GP? Um, will there be enough places in the school? Those are the sorts of questions. They that was they're genuine questions. What I'd like to think are genuine questions. I don't know the answers to them, but these are the questions that the that Shannon are asking um, at any rate. But there are then others who are taking advantage of the crisis that this country. Who are itself. who are they? Well, they've been named. They've been named now in both papers. That one person has been named, and I'd say they've been named because that person has subsequently been arrested. Um, Porig McMahon and Owen Ryan both name Graham Carey, uh, who is um, involved in the far right, racist, um, alleged racist, I suppose. Extremist is the word used by Porig McMahon on the front page. He has been arrested by the guards. On what grounds, I, 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 I don't know. Mm. There are others, I think, happening as well. Um, and they're travelling. He's from Dublin. He's mm. travelling down to Dublin. Now, it's a public meeting. We're all entitled to make a point. Um, but I think if it's racist um, and if it's sowing hatred, that needs to be called out. Um, and he needs to be told... Where to go? Hmm. I'm, I'm just wondering, David, uh, you know, let's say the government proposes uh, to, to send X number or bring X number of refugees to Tungreni. Yeah. And it looks for a meeting with Tungreni residents. Yeah. Now, whether you call that a public meeting or not, it's public in, in the Tungreni sense. Hmm. What business has somebody from Dublin or Cork or Galway at that meeting? Except to cause trouble. That's the, that's the reason they're there, is to cause trouble, really. Yeah. You know. It so, is, it is. I'm afraid it is. It is to yeah, exploit. Ah, lads, no, lads, are you being a bit unfair? <clears throat> I don't mind anybody coming to the meeting. Um, and I would ask them if, John, you're from Scariff. We don't like people over from Scariff coming to, to a meeting. <laughs> John, <laughs> John, what business do you have here? And, okay, let's turn it on to Mr. Carey, who's from Dublin. Mr. Carey, why, tell us why you're here. Mm. I imagine that he's going to tell us that uh, he's anxious that people would be uh, informed as he sees it, okay, yeah. uh, so that the public uh, can yeah. um, realise what he sees yeah. as happening. Well, if you can imagine the type of racist talk... That's I suspect is the like these people shouldn't be here. Keep the Ar Irish for Ireland, all of that sort of talk. I suspect would, is what. But I would still say right if if there is a public meeting to discuss how uh, the inclusion of refugees will affect 
resources in Tungreni. That is a matter for Tungreni people. Largely. I would, have thought. I would say totally. I would say yeah. somebody from Dublin has zero business uh, coming in, offering their opinion. I mean, the good people of Tungreni are well able to <laughs> say what they think. Yeah. But why? I mean, would that not be, a, a Pat, a, a very... Uh, permit me to 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 say uh, a very narrow uh, interpretation of of uh, you know practice of democracy. Hmm? Well, all all politics is local. I so know that. <laughs> so I would say that's all right for Hilly Ray and and and. Uh, but it's 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 a matter that's going to affect. You know, Pat, I don't know what you you think if if Callan's <coughs> mills were, were the subject of a uh, hundred refugees. Well, if, if, if you read the, the, the papers of the Hiddens, uh, attention running high in Shannon, and then you have this whether uh, Dominic Hawk makes a point uh, to far right uh, activist Graham Carey in the Green Hat. Yeah, there's now a photograph here of this. Carey seems to be um, stormed up uh, resistance against uh, Ukrainians. But if we go down here on the page, we don't oppose refugees, we oppose the government mismanagement of this. That's from organiser Elaine Kingston Durban. Uh, she says, uh, facilities in China are already under significant pressure. So that's that's why I'd say uh, this reason. And I'd say, to be fair to, uh, and I'd say they might be getting a lot of bad press in, uh, in China, but mm. I'd say and most of the people would be, would be, would be okay if they, if they got proper... And that's a genuine concern. If they, yeah, it's a genuine concern yeah. if they got proper uh, um, resources, resources from the government and are told... Uh, yeah, I think the major point is, and I realise also the government are in a very tricky spot um, because they have to respond to this crisis. Uh, we have been... Res the government have been responding to this for a year now, nearly, nearly yeah. a year, and they didn't know the numbers, they didn't know about... The they need to actually do is when they have the possibility of a place like Shannon, which is in the industrial estate there, it's an industrial unit they're trying to convert, 153, I think, are expected. They need to send a communication officer down immediately. Well, uh, now, in that very regard, the editorial on the champion is really well worth, well worth reading. And I would commend it. Can I read the first paragraph of it go for on, you? Go ahead, John. Last weekend, we saw an information meeting held in Shannon aiming to shed some light on the development of accommodation for refugees. Tensions were high at the event, and some of the language used was not only unacceptable, but based on misinformation and should not be tolerated. That's a strong word. The main issue arising from the information vacuum. You see, that's the problem. Yeah. Isn't it? That yeah. is the problem. Vacuum. Yeah. yeah. And that's why Tom, Dick and Harry must get up off his behind and become involved mm. in his the democracy in his country. Mm. You know? Mm. And I, Am I, I right? You are. And I think, I think our local politicians need to do a little bit more because one of their jobs is communication. Yeah. And it is about... And remember, we have a good few government uh, TDs and senators. They need to be kind of facilitating, not allowing that vacuum to happen. Yeah. They're one part of the jigsaw. Yeah. The civil servants are the other part. They send out and they answer the questions that Miss uh, Kingston Turban, Durban has 
what support packages will be put in place? What about translators, mental health supports? What's going to happen with that? Um, and she goes on, and they're all valid questions. Mm. Yeah. Now, I would love to hear then from the doctors, from the GPs in Shannon, to let us know, do they have the capacity? Because they're the only ones who can tell us. That's right. Not, we might all think our own particular viewpoint of the, of, of the GPs, but actually it's the GP is the only person who can tell us. Mm-hmm. But in, when this happened in the past, uh, you know, yeah. I remember when uh, the refugees came to the hotel in Scarif. Mm. Now, there was no problem, whatever. There was no major issue or there was no scenes or anything, but they were pretty much busting overnight mm. and they were there in the morning. Mm. And... To my mind, the we'll say the civil servants who organised this, they did that because if they came and said, well, we're talking about bringing some refugees to Scarif next week or the week after, people would ask about what you're saying, resources. And of course, there were no resources. No. no. And, so and in problem. many cases, there are no resources put in. No. And, okay, resources cost money, but if we're going to take people in, yeah. we have to be We're, to we're not a poor country. No, we're not a poor country anymore. And we can. Yes, it's hard. We already we know we have issues about housing and about getting GPs and all sorts of things. But these we can uh, translators. There's an area which you think now would be relatively easy to solve. Now, wouldn't you like wouldn't you like to have and we will have um, some representatives from the the refugee body in in our studio or we go to them and we we it's easier to get them to talk about uh, what the experience has been yeah. like yeah. and whether we can learn anything from it yeah. to enhance see it, the, ver- the john the very unfortunate thing is they're caught in the middle of all this mm. they've got they're looking for refuge and if you've got a protest, now this wasn't a protest, but you remember the protest up in Dublin where they were targeted and burnt out there and they've come from a war zone, many of them. Yeah. You can imagine, and they don't want to talk to the media. Now, happily, I think our, our Ukrainian refugees have, have been treated reasonably well and it would be good to, to hear. I would love to actually hear of their experience in the Ukraine and what they fled from. Because I think the ordinary person in the street, I remember down at the the concert in Whitegate, which we recorded for the radio just before Christmas, and there was a a Ukrainian girl there, a singer and composer, who you were at it as well, John. And just gauging by the reaction of the audience when she came out first and when she finished, there is a great warmth. There is. uh, Towards people from Ukraine. But... It's unfortunately, it's people like Mr. Carey and others mm. who get who grab the headlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and, and, and you, you and might mista- think then that does he speak for everybody? Yeah. Jim, Dean, on, on Monday night there, uh, there's a new program there um, on um, uh, that girl from K- uh, Kerry's and RT. Um, what's her name? Um, I can't think of her name though. I had it yes. while ago. But anyway, uh, yeah. they, they discussed all about this more it. And this more as well, there, 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 there was no, no, no communication from the government from anybody on either bus, bus in those people into the hotel. Mm. Now, there has to be a proper communication. Now, 
when that's put to the minister, there was a, uh, that minister was there the other night, um, Roderick, or oh. uh, that lady, lady she was in Dublin. Yeah. Um, yeah, go on anyway. Anyway, I can't think of her name, but she she said, oh yeah, communication could be better. But they're, they're, they're saying that every every program that you, the, <laughs> every program that comes on for the last six months. That's when they're asked to, that's, yeah. that's, that's and, and they were saying that 20 years ago, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, when, when was there refugees first started to come and, in. And does, uh, I, I just wonder, does those people ever learn, or, or, does, they, or does, they, does they just think that maybe the people down the country are just fools, and yes. that they, they, they know better? And it, it, allows, you know, it allows people in the far right to come in, come in and is. tap into what might... Are genuine concerns yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and start twisting it around. Yeah, and if, if if Mr. Carey didn't appear in Shannon, I'd say that that, that meeting could, could have been very very well managed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just to give a, there were two hundred people at that meeting, there were differing views. So, some were saying that no matter what type of services we do or we don't have, we should take them. Others then, like um, that lady, the organiser, Elaine Kingston-Durban, was saying, well, hold on, we need the services first. And then you had that other element that we've all spoken about. There is, there's a lot of it in the newspaper, Jim, and it's worth for people to read it because there's another thing then, these people are in desperate need, and that's the other side of it. Um, and we have, uh, like, just put yourself in their shoes and... I, somebody from Backmud. Backmud is the front line of the war now. Would we turn away a man or a woman or a child from that, from that area if they appeared on our door uh, in our country? I don't think we should. Mm-hmm. And I don't and, think we would. And I don't think we would. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, we may not we, we, we may not be able to find them a roof over their head immediately, but I don't think we shouldn't we shouldn't close the door. Do you know there's other people uh, from other con- sorry John okay. other, from other countries playing in it as well because uh, it was in the news this morning and the and the, the radio that five thousand people came into the country last year with no paperwork. Now Michael O'Leary won't allow you on a plane over in over in Georgia or somewhere, uh, or Albania, without without having proper paperwork, so they just uh, destroyed on the way over, and they arrive here and they 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 they, they have nothing. Yes, mm. Michael Michael McDowell was yeah. on was TV that, the other night. Yeah, he said that. Yeah, saying that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, lad, I mean, I would say the word communication has been used each week by us, going back over the months. Okay, yeah. and I'm left. Asking myself the question, what is it that makes it so damn difficult for institutions, mm-hmm. organizations, mm-hmm. Uh, businesses, yeah. leaders to communicate? I don't know. What is it? I think I there, a, there is a question of, of lack of respect for your fellow man. Yeah, in that mm. there is, and it takes a bit of effort it, of course, to, does. to, to yeah. communicate yeah. and to explain to people, and then and maybe to meet people's yes. needs. I'll and, tell and you. Wishes. I'll give you one example of where it has happened, of where criticism was levelled, mm. and where companies are taking up the communication. We've had direct experience of it in this studio ourselves. It's it's the wind farms and it's Quilcha, Quilcha and other wind farms appoint a person to come into the community to organize public meetings to come into this studio i remember him sitting there i think he was 
um, whoever he was. I think he was the Quilcha wind farm person. And that was his job, mm. to organise the public meetings, yeah. to pr- produce the brochures outlining what's going to happen, the dividend to the community, the challenges, the birds, the, the, the wildlife and so on. That's communication. Mm. Now, we mightn't still like it, some of us, or we might actually be convinced by what he's saying, but that's communication, and that's where it works. And do you, do, you, do, do you all agree that fundamental to good communication is an authentic appreciation for the dignity of the people you're dealing with? Oh, yeah. You're not going to talk down to them. You shouldn't be talking well, down to them, and you shouldn't be talk, dictating either. No, that's one, two, two of them, but uh, there's the third one. Not communicate, not talking to them at all. That's the problem, and that's what we've been experiencing. Yeah, yeah well, that's why you have this this fair right and all those yeah. people. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, well, they're fitting the back those meetings because mm. there's no communication to the to the people. Yeah. 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 Now, at the end of the day, of course, a government has to govern, and it has to make decisions. But those decisions should be made after consultation with local residents, with people. You know, and you can't expect, you know, local residents just say, no, not here. Yeah. But, I mean, there but are issues that yeah. they Listen, will bring I'll up put and, and yeah, they should be discussed and indeed met halfway. Most, I think a general principle of our democracy in, West, in this country and in most of Europe is, and this is the, the example, a planning permission. You are, a person who wants to build a house proposes it. It le- he, he or she lays out the plans before the council. There's time given for you and you and anybody else to object or to ab- make an observation or to support it. And then the permission is granted. That's communication. Mm-hmm. That's allowing people to, like, think of the motorways. Uh, routes are identified. Mm-hmm. Meetings are held. The preferred option is presented. The compulsory purchase. It doesn't happen that somebody says the motorway is going in there now and it's it's done. Mm. So really, it's a principle of our democracy that we do talk to each other. It is, but obviously we're failing in the, the government is failing. Is I failing, think. and so we're saying to politicians, look inward hmm. and ask yourself whether you're a TD, a senator, or whatever. Okay. And ask yourself, are you really serving the people, which is what your, the purpose of your position in the Doyle yeah. and the Sanities? Are you really yeah. serving the people? I think they should ask themselves that question because one of the key roles of our politicians, our constituency politicians, whether they be councillors, TDs or senators, is a communication role. Mm. Mm. And of course, the other thing as well is, the, is the, it's the civil servants who will hands-on do a lot of these things and maybe make a lot of these decisions yeah. and is is the the tail wagging the dog mm. uh, in this instance mm. I mean the, I, maybe it is maybe it isn't but the question has to be asked mm. or do the politicians because they depend so much on civil servants end up doing what the civil servants well, tell well, them I'm wondering in with regard to that Jim whether in fact the uh, personal assistance that would be assistant that would be with a politician paid for by the state isn't there there's an allowance for that okay and uh, and i'm wondering what kind of information from the grassroots is the pa extending to the person he is meant to be you know 
advising. Advising. Mm. Okay. Mm. I would have a serious questions to ask. Would mm. you? Oh, yeah. Mm. I think that's a reasonable question to ask. Mm. Okay. Listen, we leave that uh, topic because it's very interesting. And as you say, David, there there's loads on the papers this week about it. So uh, there's certainly enough to um, to get you thinking about it. Uh, can we talk when we've only a short time left before the half-time whistle sounds? Uh, the heritage transfer, I think it's on page two. It is, it is on page of, two. Of, of uh, the Care Champion, Pat. Yeah, a number of ways heritage uh, transfer could be supported. Uh, Owen Ryan has a story. And then there's another story there beside it. Care Senator's appeal for heritage transfer conclusion. But I, th I think most of us have been here, have been, have been, have been said before, and I think we've talked about before. <coughs> what do you think is going on, Pat? I mean, the, 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 sum, the summation of this story is we're still talking, nothing to see here. It hasn't happened. What do you think is really going on? Well, I suppose I'd say the, the departments are all fighting over who's going to come up with the money and how much they're going to come up with. Though they, they, they appear to have, uh, have given some, um, some amount of money, but it was never, it was never uh, communicated to anybody how much, how uh, many million. But uh, I suppose... Like 15 million isn't a, isn't a huge amount of money in this day and age. I know it's a lot of money to be with us, but in, in government circles, it's not a, a huge amount. You'd imagine that they, that they shouldn't be able to come up with it over, over a three-year period. Should, should, should the Taoiseach or the Taunashta or somebody senior now at this stage step in and make the decision? Yes, it, 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 it does appear to be coming to the stage mm. where uh, one man or woman must now stand out Okay. Yeah. Because we have the different departments. List them off there, um, Pat. There, the bottom of the first column. Yeah, your 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 department of transport, public expenditure and foreign tourism, culture, arts, the theatre, sport and media, and you have the office of public works. There's four. I think I counted four, and if not five, different departments. And, and as well as the department of housing, there are Brian is talking there. My um, department. That's yeah. right. So you have five or six different agencies. You're not going to get them all to agree to give no. up what they don't think they should be given up in the first. So ne heads need to be knocked together, John, don't they? A little bit of benign fascism. <laughs> <laughs> I, he was arguing the other way. Suddenly one is drawn, do you know, out of the, that comfort zone. And uh, what we're talking here as a major tourism attractions in the Midwest. Uh, what responsibility is on the Clare TDs, the Limerick TDs, maybe the North Tipperary TDs. Put pressure on, yeah. To put pressure on, because on, I feel unless they do that, yeah. uh, it won't happen. Don't forget that you did mention earlier, far be it from me to wish in any way to go back on something that you so, you know, uh, wisely <laughs> proffered to us, but... Uh, You're in trouble now, Jim. <laughs> I'm, I'm dreading this. Yeah, uh, don't. but he said, I mean, uh, you were talking when you were talking about the the planning, the planning in Tungreni, okay, and uh, and how dare anybody come from outside in and intrude on what is right for planning in in. They're your Tungreni. words now, John. But <laughs> I think he has the gist of it. <laughs> do you think so, David? I do, I do John. <laughs> So uh, you, you, you're now going global. Well, you're going national anyway, you know. Yeah. That's the reality, you see, that, that a nation a nation state doesn't have a unique kind of form. 
No, but but it's the people here in County Clare, let's say, who be, who will benefit with increased tourism. Of course, I, and I, people I, I, in Limerick, I, yeah. and and these are the people. Uh, our TDs are the people that these care people are electing. Yeah. Mm. Now, to be, to, to be fair to one of them, because we're only reading this yeah. because it was uh, uh, Joe Carey, uh, Dahl, Clare TD, who raised this in the Dáil. We would not be getting this report in the newspaper today if he hadn't raised that and question. And by the way, he must not be confused with the other Carey that is in the news. Just in case. Oh, indeed. Yeah, we're talking about we're talking about Joe Carey, the TD. Yeah, yeah. And and to be fair, Deputy McNamara raises this. So if they keep raising and Martin Conway, he he also raises and Timmy Dooley. So, and the Clare Senator's appeal for heritage transfer conclusion. So to be, I think they are kind of raised to keep the pressure on. Um, And the last meeting, just if people are keeping account of this, was held on the 23rd of January, this working group of all these departments. So it's a bit like, yes, Minister, we'll have to meet a few more times. Yeah, yeah. Could I, by the way, sometime lest we forget it, there's a reference to the Gresham plan. Has anybody uh, picked up on what exactly is that deal between Quilcher and the... Gresham. Uh, yes, well, this is, this is in the newspapers as well, Pat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is page um, page 8. A clear TD attacks Quilcher proposal. McNamara. McNamara spelt incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And it's a sub-headline. So, anyway, uh, McNamara-Gresham deal represents greenwashing. And it's a piece by Fiona McGarry on page 8 of The Champion. Uh, this is the this is the controversial arrangement between Quilcha and an English-based hedge fund or pension fund. Um, it's called Gresham House. It's an investments fund, sorry, and they are going to invest money with Quilcha in order to purchase future land for forestry in this country, and uh, it's caused all sorts of debate. Um, during a debate on forestry, Deputy Michael McNamara, McNamara spelled correctly in this instance, probed the deal that is tipped to see forests acquired and land planted to deliver returns to investors and help meet climate targets. Now, you might say, why doesn't the government give them the money? Exactly. Under EU state uh, aid rules, the government can't actually provide as much money as it can um, because it's, uh, Quilch is a private company. It's a semi-state company, but it's still a company and they still make profits. And that's the, the reason. But there are ways and means because the Minister for Agriculture um, said recently that he wouldn't like to see this happen again. And he's now going to talk to Quilcher to see how he can, how this can be prevented in future. Mm. It sounds as if though the horse was bo- bolted and it's no good now. Uh, this meal, this deal, according to Deputy McNamara, has made people sit up and take a look at the role of investment funds in protecting or enhancing the environment and Aquilch's relationship with investment funds, the Scarif TD said. Yeah, well, you see, they're, they're going to come in and, and buy up the artists and they're going to, they're going to take the, they're, they're, they're in this for profit. Yeah. This, this Gresham fund, whoever they are. Yeah. And they'll be coming well, in, they'll well, be taking the premiums, they'll be, the government will be... We'd be paying premiums to the to those English people over in in their big high big uh, estates over in London. But a, but anybody can fund Quilcher. I I suppose you know whether they're American. 
um, or I, I think the point uh, about greenwashing is there. The Gresham, the Gresham House are are doing this to make them look good, to be able to say, oh, we've planted so many million acres of trees, um, to kind of disguise. I think what um, what other investments they have been involved in. I think that's uh, Deputy McNamara's point. Like an Englishman's money is as good as an Irishman's money, Pat. I would say, um, especially if they can't get the money from elsewhere. It's. I think Deputy McNamara is pointing out about this greenwashing. It's the same as the Saudis and the Qatar. It's something like nobody saw it coming as well. Yeah, um, and, and Quilche should have been a little bit more savvy about they. They, mm. they didn't see it coming either. Yeah. But it seems to be a done deal. I don't know now if they can reverse it. Okay. But Listen, we leave it at that for part one. Uh, Pat, you uh, usually see us out here we have gone well over we've played a lot of extra time in the first half uh, but uh, we we'll, we need a little uh, break now we, we miss you Luke yes <laughs> uh, Jim Miller Percy French uh, are you right there Michael are you right uh, uh, Roscommon uh, uh, men yes in sung by Brendan O'Dowder in, in honour of John S in honour of John S yeah and, him, and, and uh, as Jim knows uh his father was my my grandfather's landlord. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, so are you right there, Michael? Are, are you right? right? From Brendan O'Dowda. Brendan O'Dowda. Thanks, Pat. You may talk of Columbus sailing across the Atlantic Sea, but he never tried to go railing from Manus as far as Kilkee. You run for the train in the morning The excursion train starting at eight You're there when the clock gives the warning But there for a no you will wait Are you right there, Michael? Are you right? Do you think that you'll be home before it's light? Tis all dependent whether the old engine holds together And it might, no, Michael, so it might, so it might And it might, no, Michael, so it might And you're very welcome back. You're listening to Local Media This Week on Scariff Bay Community Radio yeah. And that was, are you right there, Michael, are you right? And I suppose there's only one story in the paper we can go to after that song, Pat O'Brien. Yeah, it's on page. Uh, it's on page four of the champion there, Jim, uh, and it's by Fiona McGarry. Passenger increase proves case for Christine railway stop. A major increase in the number of people using the Western Rail Corridor from Limerick to Galway has proven the case for the reopening of the train stop at Christine, according to a local councillor. Figures just released showed an increase of fourteen percent in the number using the service in 2022, but compared to 2019, the last full year of figures. This thing means that there are more than 600,000 passengers using the line last year, up from 531,000 in 2019. Councillor Alan O'Callaghan, clearly of the Kilwar Municipal District, said, The Western Rail Corridor remains the fastest growing rail link in the country, he added. The vehicles were also welcomed by Councillor Ted Hayes. I suppose we've discussed this before, and um, they, they have been campaigning for uh, a rail stop in Cushina. Yes. Yes, uh, anything that would... Uh, would Listen, would. if Percy French was around today, he would say, are you having a laugh? <laughs> instead of, are you right there, Mike? Well, are you having a laugh, Pat? 
are you for serious? goodness sake are you, you're not supporting the not at all oh, uh, right. I, this is the complete manipulation of statistics this is right <laughs> there's been an increase in the number of passengers why would opening Crusheen be, uh, be why would that support if you open Crusheen you'll be slowing down the railway which is exactly what Percy French was complaining about a hundred years ago or more mm. and you'd be reducing the attractiveness of the rail line for those 531,000 passengers. Wait a minute. Would you agree, therefore, as, as a, uh, an interim, that we would establish in a scientific fashion whether, in fact, it would pay to open by running it for a month or two months yeah. and, and see whether the figures that Pat was... Uh, mentioning oh, I think that's a very sensible there way forward. thousands of passengers from Crusheen making their way to Ennis and to Gort yeah. stations in order to board the train. Very unlikely, Jim. There are thousands <laughs> of passengers getting into their cars. <laughs> I, I, I'd be all for uh, what John is talking about. Uh, let's do the survey, let's do and let's make it, let's make it clear. But let's not slow down the train yeah, because it's slow enough. Yeah. We we I took could, it once. We in, in, in the Cork transport plan, there's going to be a, a railway station uh, out in Blairney. Yeah. Blairney isn't an awful lot bigger than Crusheen, and there's no there's no railway there already. So why why would they go building a one out to, out to Blairney? Oh, but that's Cork. Crusheen no. is passing through <laughs> uh, when, when, uh, when the rail line is passing through Crusheen. Well, yeah. we're saying well, uh, we're we're saying happily we're not we're not reading the Cork papers today. <laughs> we're reading the Clare papers today, and it's Crusheen we're talking about. Listen, let them do their studies, and then let. But this this statistic is no proof for me. I see you're looking there at page five of the Clare Champion, David. Uh, Scarif homes to be done in quarter three of next year. That's right. This is good news, Jim. Contracts have been signed for the construction of 18 social homes in Scarif following the completion of the tender process. Clare County Council has confirmed. So uh, the updated completion date, according to the authorities, January management report is the third quarter of 2024. And that's probably not too bad, given the way the number of houses are being built. The development will be made up of 16 apartments, 12 of which will have two bedrooms. Now, just so listeners will be clear, these, as I understand it, are going um, in the area near to the mart. Yes. Yes. On the hill there, there's yes. a green field there, and, and the river is going down. It's between the mart and the town. Yes. Scarif. Yes. Yes. So, um, so, uh, d- 18, social, 18 new homes, that's a good thing. It is, but you know what I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to worry a bit about? Do you remember the, 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 the rubbish we came up with during the last recession? Or during the, the, during the, the great excitement, during the great excitement, we built houses that were coming out the back door, do you know? And we rushed the design and we rushed the finish and, do you know, we were paying the price for it now. Yes. I hope yes. that... Pyrite and all the rest. Yeah, I hope that uh, the, the, the huge need for housing won't prompt, prompt us to take shortcuts. Yeah. Yes. You're that dead right, John. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I hope the regulations are better. Yeah. Listen, yeah, we need to move on because we have very little time, but that's good news for Scarif. What's not so good news, certainly for some people in the Scarif area, John, is that the onboard Planala have overturned the decision of Clare County Council and have decided to grant planning permission 
to air for a mast adjacent to the town. Yeah, I, I note that there. Tell me, uh, Jim, what is that mast? Where so that our listeners can can pinpoint it? Yes. Where exactly are we are we speaking of? Well, the it's just off the Mount Shannon Road where the uh, the air exchange building is. It's it's not a manned exchange. It's automated. Yeah, and, and there is an existing mast. There is there? an existing pole, a pole, pole. telegraph, with, like with a, a telegraph pole, like mm-hmm. a telegraph pole yeah. with a with an aerial on top of it. Yes. Yeah. So my understanding is that this would be taller. It's a bit twenty-one meters. Twenty-one meters. Twenty-one meter high pole, steel pole, steel steel yeah. pole. Yeah. And pole. so the the end result of the situation in planning is, well, that's I mean the only way that it can be dealt with now if if people want to is like the biogas in Gort and a judicial review a judicial review but Would otherwise you, it's yeah. over and done with and the air have permission tell me in case i forget it we we we, we, we gave a bit of oxygen to this last week all right the, the biogas as you mentioned it does anybody can anybody give me in a couple of sentences what biogas you know what it's it's about it's uh, shite and they produce gas out of it to power Are you talking about what you're saying? Or about it could be a bit of both, John. <laughs> and then Gort is situated on, on a major gas line. Gas line. Yeah. And is, so that, the gas. is that a factor in it? Oh, it, it is. is. Oh, yeah, because it, it's fed directly, literally yeah. down into the ground. So instead of natural gas, this so, is by bio. Yeah. It's produced biologically. So what's the fear? Yeah, it's, it's slurry. It's, yeah, we discussed this before and, and I'm not sure... Uh, the inspector on the, the, the inspector on the um, it's a lot of hot air as well. The inspector <laughs> said uh, that uh, no- noting too that the mast would be sixty meters from the R three five two, which I think is the Connacht Road. Yeah. The inspector said that after walking and driving in the area, he believed the mast would only be intermittently visible. Mm-hmm. And on that basis, I suppose, on board Pinal, accepted their inspector's advice. Yeah. Actually, it's an interesting point. I, I, I don't know, would you, if I was passing through uh, and I see and I wouldn't be paying any heat to a nest, I'd be watching the road. I would say. But I suppose it's the, it's the residents as well who... Who are there, uh, you know, yeah, looking out their windows. Yes, yeah. and they see it and it's... They well, were I've passed that road. Well, no, I didn't. I wouldn't be in the living day. But I've passed that road and I never, I, I, I never noticed that nest is there already. Yeah. So. Tell me, it's a matter of interest, purely, uh, uh, just a small little question, uh, uh, Jim, with regard to that mast. The inspector says he didn't find it obtrusive. Yeah. Really obtrusive. Yeah. Nicky Joe comes along and he looks the same way and he sees... It's subjective, isn't it? I know. It's a heck of a lot, depending on the amount of subjectivity we allow Mm. certain planners in Mm. our lives. Yeah, that is true. Anyway, uh, Pat, uh, your neighbour Joe Cooney has... um, He's a bit exercised about the walkway which leads into Tumgraney all the way from Killaloo. Yeah, council tracking, um, tracking funding to finish walkway. Uh, it's an easy clear page there. Um, uh, Dan Danaher and uh, Fiona have, the, have all the stories on the East Clare page. And uh, completion of a walking trail on, in one of East Clare's more scenic locations remain the councillor's the council's wish list. A local authority member has been told in recent years, enhanced funding for active leisure and alternatives to motor transport has supported 
the development of a, of a trailway from Killaloo, Councillor Joe Cooney has has been to the forefront in an effort to bring the route all the way to Newton Grady. He started an update once again when members of the Killaloo Municipal District got up for their first meeting of the new year. In a written reply, Derek Trice, Senior Executive Officer, outlined that the project is currently being assessed internally within the council as to its potential for funding application. So that's what's eventually she'll probably yeah, get through. Yeah, it seems to start of short yeah. of the village of Tumbrady. Yeah, it was very odd. And it's not a very long stretch. Mm. And you'd wonder, why the f- why don't they just do it? Yeah, mm. yeah, it does. because And, you know, for safety, because yeah. it's a brilliant facility. Tis, tis. Right the whole way from Killaloo, yeah. up, people are walking out We're, there any time you pass. The listeners that are local will know it, of course, but uh, it's from St. Cronin's Church, the Pat Stops there. And I'd say only 50, 60 yards is missing just to link it with this the Cooney pathway. Shall that we was okay. Joe Cooney. Yes. Well, Pat Burke, Pat Burke is entitled to a pathway as well. He <laughs> mentions uh, the darkness on the road from uh, the Bodike Scarf Road into the golf course, mm. and with he was said he was promised. Does he have light. no lights on his car? What's the problem? No, but you see, that's the problem. That um, the with over a hundred staying in the ho- in the holiday people village. are walking is it there wa- and children at yeah. the, now, yeah. no, and, I know. and I've seen them walking have you, you? Yeah, I have indeed and tell me did, were they wearing vests not at all no, no and they're no, available no. free free yeah, so yeah. there's a communication yeah. problem there yeah mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah so we'll, we, we'll see if we can get to talk to yeah. um, some of the Ukrainian people there okay. should be there should be a, 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 a communication communi- 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 Indeed. And there's a couple of, of stories there from Killaloo as well. The the Killaloo Tidy Towns is um, being set up and yeah. they will they will look to enter, I presume, the Tidy Towns competition uh, next year and um, there and seems a, to be one in, on the Ballina side, a Tidy one. Towns one and nothing on Killaloo, which seems a bit odd, isn't it? It does, but I suppose they yeah. would it would, it would certainly be judged separately. But um, yes, but the overall impression, Jim, yeah. Yeah. depends, doesn't it? Really, on both. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it's it's great to see that uh, the community council is being um, is being put together, or has been put together in Killaloo, and is active and is up and running, and it's great to see. So that. It's a great, a great community. Oh, great uh, community yeah. in Killaloo, absolutely. And some of the things they have, like the Brian Baru Festival and yeah. various other things during the year, they're very, very active. The um, the the fire officer in Kilo as well is complaining about parking. Oh well, that now that is a, that can be a problem as well up here in Scarif, do you know? But not as clearly it is not happening as much as as is happening down in Kilo. Any blockage of a passageway for the fire from the fire station? Yeah, <coughs> it's very serious. Yeah. Very very serious. Very mm. serious. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully people will yeah, take like, note of that. I think this happened down in, in, in Melissa. Someone someone got injured and up uh, walking up in Melissa and they they they, they couldn't get up with the with the fire they had to take up a van instead, you know. So he's just he's just outlining that people should be more uh, attentive to where how they park in, in various areas. Yeah. 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 Okay. And our colleague Dara Leamy from Tulla. And Dara is one of the presenters on Saturday Chronicle. In fact, uh, <coughs> he was presenting yesterday with Jennifer. And uh, But one of the strings on his bow is that he's a member and a very active member of the Tullet Pipe Band. That's right. 
And he's also deputy P.R.O. Jim. Of the telepipe. Oh, he, he's, he's the P.R.O. Uh, he's the P.R.O. Darren Leamy yeah. and the assistant P.R.O. is Darren Donovan. Yeah. Oh, we're yeah. falling down with Daras. Yes, yeah. and, and no better men yeah. than, than Daras. So they're just looking for So are him. you expecting him to blow his own trumpet? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they don't have trumpets in the... In the <laughs> That's as good as I could think of. <laughs> he's a little chap. He's a drunk couple as well. Yes, but anyway, the, that, that, that what you call it? The Tullipipe Band are looking for members. Yeah. So if you're um, if you're musical yeah. and you live within, you know, striking distance of Tulla, then by all means, yeah, they have their own. They have their own apprentices there. The band hall, yeah. Right. You yeah. don't have to. By the way, you don't have to be able to play music. No, they take you from the beginning, from the beginning as yes. well as if you're. Yeah. Um, and they're looking for drummers. Drummers. Uh, yes. Drummers well. and pipers. And pipers. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's great. I mean, the Tulla Pipe Band, they're they're at all the St Patrick's Day parades around yes, the square. We yeah. see them in Cusick Park. Yeah. They're, you yeah. know, they're a very busy group of people. Yeah. And for inquiries, email tullapipeband at gmail.com. Lovely. So uh, we'll give, give Dara plenty of air. Plenty of air. If you were thinking, I know you're not thinking of getting married, David, but <laughs> if you were, there is a big wedding supplement in the Care Champion. There is. It's that time of year, I suppose, where... I don't know why it's yeah, just this the time clear, of the year. The record last week. The clear record last week, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's coming up, of course, to Valentine's Day, and maybe people are thinking about popping the question. And But anyway, as you say, on page 18 and 19, there's a whole splurge there of from everything from wedding shoes to uh, receptions to bands to um, gunas and venues. If you are thinking of getting married, you'd want to buy the paper and have a look at it. Yes. And tell me, are you a Valentino? <laughs> I might have been at one point, Jim. <laughs> or John. There's an early photograph there on the, the East okay. Clare page. Go ahead, Pat. Uh, it is my field, uh, and it's, it's uh, the Quinn Drama Group, and they're, they're, putting, on, uh, they're putting on the field this, this weekend in, in Quinn for two nights. And there's a, a lovely photograph there of um, Justin McAteer, and, and he's acting as the Bull McCabe. Yes. And he, he looks the pair <laughs> yeah. with the big stick in the head and the, and the beard. Lovely. Yeah. And I'm just looking in the Care Champion, the living section of the Care Champion on page 18. Uh, there's a, a pull-out page there which you can stick up at home, and it shows all the uh, hurling, football, and camogie, and ladies' football, Fixtures, mm. uh, the main fixtures. That's the league and championship. Yeah, um, and it's a, it's it's very very nicely done. Uh, plenty of advertising as well around that I see. Councillor Tony O'Brien looking out at us, smiling. But um, it is for for somebody who wants to just know when the various games are on this year. Yeah. Okay. Listen, that's that is Jim. That's it. Good Lord. Today our time is up. We spent a lot of time talking today, John, on all sorts of things. Um, my thanks to you, John. You're welcome, Jim. And to Pat. Thanks, Jim. And to David. Thanks, Jim. Uh, and hopefully people, our listeners, will have enjoyed uh, our discussion today on all sorts of things that we, we got to. Um, and Pat, will you be able to see us out with some music, do you think? Well, we'll go up not, uh, Jim, now for this one. And we'll do the Mountains of Morn with uh, Dan McLean. Very good. An absolutely beautiful song, the Mountains of Morn. So that's it for today. 
Thank you very much to all our listeners. We'll see you again at 2 o'clock next Sunday. So, from all of us here on Local Media This Week, that's it. Goodbye and God bless. They don't sow potatoes, nor barley, nor wheat. But there's gangs of them digging for gold in the street. At least when I asked them, that's what I was told. So I just took a hand at this digging for gold.